Welcome to Letters to Women, a podcast where we embrace and explore what it means to live out the feminine genius in our everyday daily lives as Catholic women. My name is Chloe Langer, and today we're having a conversation about hospitality, dinner hosting, and the incredibly important reminder to surrender and be flexible when it comes to gathering together. In today's episode, I'm sitting down with Katherine Fowler Sample, and we're talking about how writing and producing an award-winning documentary called The Dating Project inspired her to write an entire book on the importance of connection around a shared meal when it comes to combating the loneliness that so many of us are all too familiar with in today's world, where we're connected to so many people via Instagram, but we struggle to connect with the people who live in our homes or are closest to us. Joseph and I sat down a few weeks ago for our 2021 dream date where we share about our hopes and dreams for the upcoming year and we review what went well and what didn't go well in 2020. And both of us mentioned that something we really missed out on was hosting friends on a more regular basis, which got the boot thanks to COVID. But now that we are God willing seeing an end to COVID, even if it's still months and months away, the idea of hosting people again is something that's really exciting, but also it's a little intimidating because I think I'm getting rusty. If you're desiring human connection, but you're nervous to send out that invite to your friends for a shared dinner together because you're worried about what you'll cook or who you'll invite or what you'll talk about, then sister, this letter is for you. Letters to Women Embracing the Feminine Genius in Everyday Life is a my brand new book published by Tan Books. And if you love the conversations that you'll find on this podcast, I want to invite you to pre-order the Letters to Women book, which is coming out on March 9th. We are in the final days of waiting before this book is in your hands. It's a collection of 30 letters from ordinary women who live vibrant, faithful lives, each inspired by the teachings of Pope St. John Paul II. And if you pre-order Letters to Women, you get access to an exclusive Letters to Women podcast mini-series where I'm sitting down with the women who contributed letters to the book and getting to know them better. But that mini-series is just one way to connect with women who contributed letters to the book. From now through the end of May, they're taking over the Letters to Women Instagram account on Tuesdays to give you a peek into their lives as Catholic women and their experience with the feminine genius. So if you're listening to this episode on the day that it airs, then tune into Instagram tomorrow, March 2nd, and you can watch Emily Frazee from Total Wine take over the account. She is one of my all-time favorites, and so I know we are going to have a blast with her over on the Instagram account tomorrow. This episode of Letters to Women is sponsored by House of Joppa. If you are looking for a fresh, modern take on classic home decor and gifts and jewelry, you need to check out House of Joppa. From table rosaries to gorgeous framed art, House of Joppa can help you bring warmth and beauty to your home. Letters to Women listeners get 15% off their order at checkout with code LETTERS15. That's one word, all caps, LETTERS15. Check out the link to House of Joppa in the show notes or visit their website at houseofjoppa.com. That's houseofjoppa.com. Now, let's get into this conversation with Catherine Fowler Sample. Today, we're welcoming to the podcast Catherine Fowler Sample. You may recognize her name because she wrote and produced the award winning documentary, The Dating Project. She's written and produced two faith based curriculums on dating and relationships, and she's worked on multiple films, including The Dropbox and Emmanuel. Catherine has also served as a writer and a producer for projects with the Family Theater Productions and Focus on the Family. She speaks nationally to Catholic audiences on dating and relationships. Catherine, welcome to Letters to Women. It is so good to have you on the show. Thank you, Chloe. I love being here. So today we're going to be talking about your newest book, which is called Gather Together. And we're going to be having a conversation on how to keep our expectations for hospitality in check as Catholic women and your practical advice for inviting others into our homes and our lives during all things COVID related. But first, can you tell me a little bit about your story as a Catholic woman? Well, I love this question. And I was thinking about it for myself in a chronological order way. I'm a cradle Catholic, but in reflecting on the broader idea 
of my story as a Catholic woman, it has been very inspired by my confirmation saint, who is St. Joan of Arc. And her story impressed upon me the idea of always asking God what he might want of me, what his mission was for me. And that could be on a micro or macro level, great or small, over the course of an upcoming year or even an upcoming day. And this idea of asking God that has really defined my Catholic womanhood and has directed me in so many ways from producing a movie about dating to getting married and having children. That's such a beautiful witness to the beauty of the impact of a confirmation saint. I think so often when we think of confirmation saints, maybe in eighth or ninth grade, we think, oh, you know, what saint name do I like or who has kind of followed me around? And then so to see that still playing out in your life as a Catholic woman in adulthood is really beautiful. Yeah, it really is. It's funny how I really do feel like we're called to pick the saint we choose. And that was definitely the case for me. I first got to know you through The Dating Project, but then I got to know you even more through a new book that you've just written called Gather Together Recipes and Reflections to Inspire Faith and Friendships Around the Table, which is published by Ave Maria Press. Can you tell me about what inspired you to write this book and what readers will find inside? Gather Together came as an inspiration after I wrote and produced The Dating Project, actually, in that in The Dating Project, just to quickly recap, I wanted to explore the the collapse of courtship culture, the lack of dating in today's age. There's the statistic that 50% of America is single. And it's just so crazy to think that in all the ways that we're able to connect now with social media and our devices, that people are feeling so disconnected. And so the film really wanted to look into why is this happening? And what we found when we made the film is that although people are really struggling to connect, they want nothing more than to have real authentic connection. And it was shown best in the film when we followed some college students who were in a class with a professor who assigned them to go on what she called like a traditional date. And the kids had never been on a date before, but she gave them some like straightforward parameters. Like if you ask, you pay, like ask in person. Uh, It should only be 90 minutes because no one's interesting after 90 minutes, stuff like that. And the kids were intimidated and scared, but then they did end up going on their dates. And when we talked with them after, they were just like on cloud nine and they comments like I would have never spent that hour and a half any other way or I've never even had that kind of a conversation with someone before and these were relatively like superficial meetings it was like at a coffee shop but people were so affected by this just undivided connection that they were experiencing with another person and so it made me connect Uh, the problems that we're having with dating, making a broader connection back to the most basic building blocks of human connection, that it's the family meal, it's the friendship gatherings, it's generally building that emotional intimacy with people over a lifetime that's lacking, that's been affecting our ability to date. And so after the documentary, I felt called to create a blueprint for how to build community and connection through faith, food, and fellowship. And that's what Gather Together is all about. And it's a great book because the second part of your question asks what readers can expect inside, and it's really designed to make life easier for entertaining and just offer some inspiration to our everyday life 
as Catholic, and each chapter begins with a personal reflection story of faith from my own life, and there's 12 chapters, and then there's a spiritual reflection, a prayer for gathering, there's conversation prompts that you can use uh, if you have a gathering. Um, or a prayer group. There's a menu for every gathering and different things from holiday brunch to a sit-down dinner for eight or a no-girl barbecue, a pizza party. Fun ideas that can help you. It just helps take the guesswork out of when you're hosting. Because for me, sometimes if you're having people over, it's like, okay, great, now what? <laughs> like, I, I may know, like, one thing. I may have, like, a casserole dish that I know I can make, but what do you do for the side and what do you do for dessert or an appetizer? So each menu offers at least four dishes suggested, including a dessert. And then there's also entertaining tips like a pantry list, suggested tools that you might want to have in your kitchen. And really the hope is just to make life easier for people and take a lot of guesswork, guesswork out of hosting so that we can host and gather more. Yeah, I love seeing gather together in the greater reality of what the projects that you've worked on and how it pairs so well with the dating project because I remember watching that documentary and thinking these college kids and I was in college at the time I just need some basic instructions tell me steps one through seven on how to ask someone out and I think what I saw so beautifully in gather together is the same thing recognition that this desire for relationship and desire to be in communion is not just for people who want to go on dates. It's for literally every single one of us, whether we are single and out of college or married or have little kids running around. And I think there's, it's really something for everyone in this book. Yes, that is so true. And it's designed so that you can use it if you're single, if you're married, if you're a grandparent. I mean, it's, it's really accessible to everyone. And people were loving it over Christmas, like to give it as a housewarming gift or mother-in-laws were giving it to their daughter-in-laws. It's, it's such a, a sweet gift to give people because I think so many people, it's like dating. Like you said, you want step one through seven. It's the same thing sometimes as gathering. It, there's a lot that goes into it and it can be extremely overwhelming and intimidating and everyone's distracted and we've got so much going on with our schedules. But if anything, I feel like this last year has shown us how important gathering is. And so having those that sort of laid out for you that you can take or leave or incorporate into your own style. It's a really nice thing, a really nice resource for people. I loved reading through the reflections that start off the chapters. I loved the recipes that you include and gather together, but I think my all-time favorite part of this book is the prompts for conversation that you include. As Catholic women, how can we grow in our ability to start meaningful conversations with our family and friends, but also maintain good conversation throughout maybe an evening dinner or a brunch that we're hosting? Well, I'm glad you love the conversation prompts. That is a consistent that everybody loves those. And I love them too. And one of the great pieces of advice I received when I was younger was that interested people are interesting. And I've always remembered that. And so much of good conversation involves being interested in other people. And it sounds so basic, but it's a good practice in this day and age because it's in no way basic because there's so much temptation to be so self-interested. And good conversation is really maintained when we put away our distractions, putting 
aware devices, that also seems like kind of a no-brainer. But how many times, like, even if I've been out to dinner, I see people and they're all on their phones at the table. And it's like, oh my goodness, you're not connecting. <laughs> and, and there's no way that that's happening when people are out and it's not happening at home. And so it's the idea of really disciplining ourselves to put away our distractions and then tune in to what the other person is saying. And it's funny because my three-year-old daughter, sometimes she'll say, look at me to someone before she'll speak to them to make sure that she has their undivided attention. And I think that although she's three, she's telling us all something that we ourselves are craving. We want that undivided attention. We want that validation. And so we can do that for people through the simple act of just making eye contact, listening, asking follow-up questions. And it's so powerful and affirming when we do this to build our relationships. And the amazing thing about it is that meals and gatherings, it's a perfect opportunity to practice this act of love. And it can happen on a daily basis with the people in our home and whenever we decide to have people over it's just it's really how we're designed to interact and connect i was out to dinner with my husband this past weekend we were celebrating our anniversary a little bit early and in kansas city where we live it's restaurant week and so all these restaurants are having specials and kind of ways to introduce you to these different restaurants and i noticed exactly what you're speaking into which was you have all these couples who were out on a date night or women gathered together for a girls night and not every single one but a good majority of people had their phones out on the table and you know as soon as the waiter would leave or maybe someone would get up to go to the bathroom someone would pull out their phone so that there wasn't ever a moment of just boredom for lack of a better word or a chance to encounter the other and so I think it's 100% true that it sounds basic <laughs> look at someone in the eye ask a follow-up question but it's something I think it's an art of conversation that we've really lost in, in the world where we're so connected to someone through our screen that we forget to connect with the person who's sitting right across the table from us you know entertaining can be a true joy and I'm looking forward to hopefully, God willing, 2021 looking a little bit different than 2020 did and having the chances for more gatherings that I think we all realized that we took for granted last year. But it also can be exhausting, especially you and I are in seasons of parenting little people. So whether someone is up the night before prepping dinner for a party or cleaning the bathrooms at the last minute, you speak into this really beautifully in your book, but I'd love to hear about how St. Martha serves as a model for hospitality and what practical tips that you would give women who are maybe intimidated by the idea of hosting friends or hosting family over for a meal. Yes. Well, I love St. Martha and my mom always loved St. Martha and gave each of my sisters and myself a St. Martha medal years ago. And she really is the model of hospitality in scripture. And it mentions how she cared for those around her and that she served specifically. And it's best illustrated in the well-known story of of course, Martha and Mary, who are sisters, are hosting Jesus, no less. <laughs> and Martha is running around getting everything ready while Mary is just sitting at the feet of Jesus listening to him. And then Martha starts to voice her complaints <laughs> and frustrations about why Mary isn't helping. <laughs> and uh, I'm sure we can all relate. And um, anyways, then Jesus gives her a gentle reprimand to say that you're worried about many things, but Mary has chosen the better part of it. And that really speaks to me in that it's about being present, not being perfect. Mm. This idea that we have to make everything perfect, that everything has to be ready just as we want it to be, 
so much in life we can just overthink and overplan. And so I think it's a call to sort of step back and just focus on being present. Because even as a hostess, whether you're hosting your own immediate family, just your own children, your husband, your roommates, they will feed off the energy of the host. So if the host is really stressed, they're going to feel that. And it's going to detract from the beauty of whatever the gathering is that you're hosting. And so I think it's really set aside those nagging worries of making everything perfect. And I'm one of these people, I'm a total perfectionist, but it's realizing that those things are sometimes keeping us from connecting. And Gather Together has, in that vein, a lot of practical entertaining tips, anything from, uh, or everything I should say, from suggesting ideas for menus, the tablescape, flowers, music, lighting. But my biggest advice is that it doesn't need to be complicated. It just needs to be done with love. Yes. I think so often in the story of Martha and Mary, Martha kind of gets a bad rap. Some people can walk away from that scripture passage thinking, I just don't need to be busy. I don't need to worry about anything or the doing of hosting. I just need to worry about the being. And that is true about the focus on being. But also I think Mary was doing things that are wonderful tips for hosting and just this call away from perfectionism, which I think we were talking before this episode, how we're both oldest. And I think that perfectionist type A organizer comes out very strongly when I host dinner parties, which I love hosting and being intentional with conversation. But the thing that I think I struggle with along the same question is surrendering the evening at the end of the day and being okay with conversation not going like I planned or being okay with the menu shifting a little bit because my oven didn't preheat. Do you have any advice for balancing out that intentionality and the flexibility when it comes to hosting? Well, I can say that I can relate to your feelings (laughs) in that I'm practically having to remind myself this every night I make dinner. Like, be flexible, be flexible. (laughs) But, yeah, well, it's funny because this Christmas was the first Christmas, I'm sure, like many people, like, that I ended up hosting myself just because of the circumstances. And I wasn't traveling also due to being late in my pregnancy. And so I hosted my sisters and then my husband and my toddler daughter. But even so, I was super excited and I was, um, you know, planning the menu and I was a little intimidated because I had never actually done a full Christmas dinner. And I was like, oh, is everything going to be ready on time? But I was so excited and I planned the tablescape. And as minor as it sounds, it was a big deal for me to get a red tablecloth <laughs> because I didn't have one. And I thought this is like the most perfect, festive little spark of color. And so I found one that was on mega sale, which was great. And then it was in plenty of time before Christmas, which sometimes I'm the last minute type person who is thinking about it on December 23rd. But I had thought about it far in advance. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to order this. And so I'm waiting and waiting. And finally it shows up and it shows up like on, I think it was Christmas Eve. And I opened the package and what's in the package, but two pillowcases <laughs> that I didn't order. <laughs> They were they were Christmas themed pillowcases, mind you, but they were not a red tablecloth. And I was like, oh my gosh. And so I call customer service and it turned out the woman who ordered the pillowcases got my tablecloth and then the, the person, well, myself, I got her pillowcases. So I was like, oh my goodness, this is funny. And I feel sorry this lady didn't get her pillowcases. <laughs> but um, I was like, 
I'm like, oh my gosh, it's a huge bummer because the only other tablecloth I had was just a neutral kind of linen color. But I was like, I'm just going to let go of it. And I'm not even going to try to scramble and find something else. I'm just going to let this be something that is a funny story and set it aside. And I feel like the table looked great anyways. And I still did little napkin holders and place cards. And it was just a good lesson for me, the idea of, again, there's that quote by Aristotle, perfection is the enemy of the good. And we can just let ourselves get dragged down by the silliest things. Because on the one hand, sometimes they're not so silly. I mean, they're important to us. And it, we've maybe put a lot of care and thought into things. And so when they get a little awry, then we get a little upset. And so I think the key is just remaining above that and recognizing it's about the core gathering the people there as opposed to the trimmings that we might think are important. I think that's such a good way to approach it because it values both what you're valuing, the desire to have a table that reflects the joy of Christmas, but then also the reality of the situation, which is hosting your sisters and your family and being present with them. It's not It's not saying, well, tablecloths are stupid, so I don't need to worry about them. It's just, this, this didn't work out the way I expected. Um, and having this the ability to surrender that, which is, yeah, you're speaking to my heart because I need these reminders on a regular daily basis. I'm just thinking about dinner yesterday night. Oh, yes, that would have been a good thing to surrender to the Lord, too. So thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so readers are going to find guides for different get-togethers throughout the book. I love the variety, but I would love to hear about is what your dream dinner would look like, who you would invite, what the menu would be, and then what you would have a conversation about. I love this question, and I was reflecting on it, and I thought, oh my gosh, is there like a historical group of people? <laughs> is there a famous celebrity? And then, I mean, there are some that I would love to sit down with, but then when I really thought about it, I had to say my dream dinner guest would be my family and my family of my husband and my daughter and my baby who's going to be born in a month, but then also my family of origin, just to be able to sit down with them. And we know that that is so difficult now, but it's also difficult because we live in different parts of the country. And so just getting together with them and my menu would be the perfect roast chicken, which is actually in the book. And my philosophy is that roast chicken is the unbeatable meal. And so I would have roast chicken and we would just talk about life, the big and the small, and just what's happening with everyone. And that to me is the ultimate evening. I love that. I think when this question is asked, whether it's in an icebreaker or in a conversation like the one we're having now, it's easy, like you said, to then think, oh, what saint would I invite? Or who would it, what would the dinner look like? But I love how you speak so beautifully into the fact that the dinners that we want to have the most at the end of the day are sometimes the dinners that we're blessed with on a regular basis that we can sometimes take for granted. So women tune into this podcast from all over the United States and all over the world. But right now that means that all of us are living under different forms of COVID restrictions that could look different for every woman. What does hospitality and friendship look like when we're in the middle of a hopefully soon to be closing world pandemic? Do you have any practical tips for pivoting from maybe things like live events that some of us have realized that we took for granted before COVID was a thought in our mind? Well, the pandemic has hopefully shown us the power of connection due to our lack of connection. I'm sure everyone has felt that and is feeling it. And I have said that in the interim, if you can't gather, one great idea is to do a virtual soup group. Mm -hmm. And 
it's the idea of like soup is kind of easy and that, you know, you put it all in the pot and then it's done. So that makes it a little easier for people. And there's a, there's a few soups even recommended in the book, but in January, the theme is actually the soup group and it's this amazing Italian soup. And it's like, you guys can just make the soup independently and then set a time to do the zoom call. And then you can follow the conversation prompt in the book. That's an idea just to kind of keep that connection alive when we're separated. And, I think that um, we see that we should be more proactive about gathering in the future. I, I, I mean, I can say for myself, like, it is something that you do take for granted. And Christ himself said, where two or more are gathered in my name, there I am also. And so it shows, like, wow, we're, we're missing out on, like, truly a spiritual element, like Christ's presence even with us when we um, don't maybe gather as much as we should, even in a faith-based setting. So I think it's really inspirational to think of the future and what we can do and how we can um, grow together more in friendship and fellowship. And so now it's like there are people, though, in our own homes, like our family, our roommates, the core group of friends, like take advantage of this time, too, to be able to see them and spend time with them, even though it can be overwhelming. I know some kids are home from school and people are working from home and it can feel like everyone's just like right on top of each other. But even appreciating this time as a special season of togetherness that we may never have again, it's just if there's a specialness there, if we can really look at that silver lining. But I think it's very hopeful to think of ways that you can still gather virtually and then really embolden people to get out there and gather when all this is over. Um, just taking that as one of our greatest blessings, never taking it for granted again. Yes. When I was reading through Gathered Together, I had the both and experience of this would be really fun as a dinner for just my my family, my core family, my husband, my kids. And then also this excitement and anticipation of but in the summer, if things look different, I really want to host this barbecue and this would be a really fun way to do it. So I, and I think that listeners will have a very shared experience of that. Where can people find you online? And then also where can they pick up a copy of your new book, Gather Together? People can find me online at celebratecatholic.com or they can follow me at Celebrate Catholic on Instagram. And to purchase the book, Gather Together, you can go to Ave Maria Press or you can order through Amazon. Catherine, the one question that I ask every woman who comes on the podcast as I learn more about her story and discover how she lives life as a Catholic woman is this last one here, which is how do you live out the feminine genius, especially as a woman encouraging others to grow in faith and friendship around their tables? I love this question. And I am drawn to this idea that Pope St. John Paul II wrote of the Blessed Virgin Mary he said that she put herself at God's service and at the service of others, and that for her to reign as a queen was actually to serve. That seems like an upside-down thought in a world that prioritizes me time and self-love, but that kind of service is what Christ calls us to as Catholics and especially as Catholic women. And so I feel that recognizing the power of service, whether you're single, married, or religious, it gives life so much meaning and it impacts those around us in wonderful ways. Just to serve those around you is living out that feminine genius. And 
if, if you even think of like why people go to a restaurant, I mean, the table is set for you. You're led to the table. You don't have to make the food. You can ask someone to bring you food. Like even that, it's just crazy because people pay for that experience. But that's the experience you can give people who you know and love. And what a gift to give of your time, talent, and treasure like that, being present and intentional to serve, especially when it comes to meals, um, to break bread in that biblical way. And so that, to me, is a huge part of the feminine genius, the idea to reign is to serve. I love that. That's absolutely beautiful. And I love how this research that you put together and gathered together makes that so much more tangible and practical and takes a lot of, like you were saying, it's nice to go to a restaurant because someone doesn't have to, I don't have to wash the dishes, but it's also nice to open your book and know I don't have to scour the internet for questions to ask people. And I don't have to look through all these cookbooks to find out what I need to get at the grocery store. And so thank you for all the work and heart that you've put into that resource because it's, I've been served by you and by the work that you've put into that. So thank you so much for for Gather Together and thank you for coming on the show. Well, thank you for your kind words, Chloe. And I absolutely love talking with you today. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Letters to Women. Head over to letterstowomenpodcast.com to check out this week's show notes. Or if you're listening in a podcast player, just scroll down to browse through links to find Catherine online and find out how to get your own copy of Gather Together. Hit subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single new episode. And if you're an Apple user, I would be so appreciative if you would leave Letters to Women a quick review and a rating to let me know how I'm doing and to let other Catholic women know why you enjoy listening to Letters to Women. Follow along with a podcast and hear the latest book news, especially as we're getting so close to this book launch over on the Instagram account for the podcast at letters to women underscore podcast and especially hit follow so that you can see the fun that we have with takeover Tuesdays. Thanks so much for joining me. I absolutely love getting to share these conversations with you until next time. Me not afraid. Me not afraid.